this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Good to see you all. Hopefully your kids are not too rowdy. Mine will probably be the rowdiest. Just, she's just got so much energy. And now she's playing with a sock as a puppet. Thank you, darling. It's my beautiful wife, who I love to point out. Does a great job. I hope you had a good break. And if you didn't, you can have one. It's all right. But um, we're doing our series on fruitful uh, summer fruits, and I want to share with you this morning on fruitful living. And, you know, if I think back over my life as a believer, it started a bit over 20 years ago, and not that long ago I crossed over from being young to being old, according to the Eleanor Tankard scale of who is young and old in this church, which is at the year yeah, 45 uh, and I'm older than that now. Oh, she's changing the tune. Just you try and make me feel good. Woo, you're not as old as you used to be. But, um, you know, if I think back, the, the foundations for each season, you know, if I think when I started much younger, in my 20s, and I got into youth ministry, I wouldn't do that now. Just let someone younger do that. Um, got into youth ministry, got, got into mission trips, you know, I didn't have a family back then, but the foundations are the same then and got into work um, and the foundations were the same for that and now I run a business and I have four daughters and a wonderful wife and the foundations, they don't change. They're the same in fruitful living, in being fruitful, the foundations, they don't, they don't change, they're actually really simple. And I want to share with you some of what I've just stood on over, the, over those years. Uh, and, you know, I encourage you to, uh, to reconsider or consider where your foundations are at. Just got to point out Adam because he turned 40. No, not that because he, he turned 40. It's all right. You're in the right club. Because we had a great Christmas together. His family came over and we had a little water slide and I met Remy and Ami who um, immigrated to Australia not that long ago, had a great Christmas. And Riley was just taking this water slide with all the gusto of a young fella on a bodyboard. And that's his son, Riley. Um, He's young. And he's just dropping into this thing. So I have a go and I slap it a little bit. And I say, Adam, have a go, you know, have a go. And there's some foam there, so don't worry. You should be right if you fall over. Anyway, I haven't seen anyone slap it so hard. Uh, for a long time, uh, whiplash, nearly knocked himself out and had to sit down for the rest of the lunch um, with an ice pack and several people, including the physio, just had to have a look and just make sure he was all right. But it's good to see you bounce back, literally bounced right back. But, um, you know, plants have always been part of the equation, haven't they? In the beginning, God created everything and he spoke and he said and then plants came up out of the ground And unfortunately, Adam and Eve ate the wrong fruit. You don't want to do that. It's all kind of dramas. What a mess. They ate the wrong fruit. I have an Aboriginal friend, 
elder, older guy, beautiful Christian man. He always says that, you know, Adam and Eve must have been white people because if they were indigenous people, they just would have eaten the snake and we wouldn't have had any trouble whatsoever. (laughs) Oh, no, it's true. But fruit, fruit trees, you know, fruitfulness, it's always been part of the equation, the analogy. The first psalm starts with, blessed is the man who doesn't stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. On this law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by the stream of living water, yields its fruit in season whose leaf does not wither. Plants are right through the Bible. Jesus told a lot of parables parable of the mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in the garden. A smaller seed grew into the biggest tree. The birds of the air came and perched in its branches. Plants are always part of the equation. He said in John chapter 15, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. And Jesus is in a fruit. And this poor fig tree one day just had an encounter. I reckon Jesus was hungry, angry. Ever get that? I get that from time to time. I'm working all day, I forget to eat, and I get angry. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Oh, I've got to eat. Anyway, Jesus was annoyed because he went into the temple and there was a market going on in his father's house. He wasn't happy about that. On the way out, he passed the fig tree. He thought, I'll get something to eat. The fig tree, the poor thing, it wasn't fruiting season, and he cursed it. And the next day when he came back, he had a whip. He was going back to the temple to drive the people out, and they saw this tree had withered from the roots, was dead. They were marveled at it. It's a great lesson in faith. And he said to them, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thrown into the sea and it will do that thing. Isn't that an incredible thing? That's an incredible story. But plants have always been part of the equation. And one thing I notice about fruit trees is they're a little bit different to weeds. They're a little bit different to other plants. I mean, weeds just grow in the concrete. They just come up everywhere in the garden. I have an ongoing war with so many weeds and I am determined to win and there's a lot of weeds and they're just annoying. So they're so annoying but then there's fruit trees, right? You've got to water them. You don't have to water weeds or other plants. You've got to water fruit trees. They've got to be in the right soil. If they're not in the right soil, they don't grow. I've learned that one. If you don't do something right the first time, You'll definitely learn how to do it right the second time or the third. (laughs) It's true. And they need sunshine. They need water. It's not hard. They need soil, good soil, and they need sunshine. And so we have this avocado tree, and it's got lots of avocados on it. But when we first moved into the house... There was, a, there was trees all around it. It looked half dead. I thought, do I just cut this thing down and start again? But avocados are good, yeah? And I know it takes at least seven years to grow one before you actually get one avocado. I'm like, man, I could get ahead here. Anyway, there's a tree beside it that's dead. It's grown over it. There's a vine growing over that, over the avocado tree. So I just cut them all down. And the light came in. I thought, that's good, you know? And so then I cut the dead things off it. And then I watered it, mulched it up a bit and thought, all right, let's see how this goes. And then I actually was walking past one day and I looked at it and I'm still thinking, do I cut it down? I'm like, no, let's bless it because Jesus cursed a fig tree. So I declared God's goodness over this tree. It felt strange, but I thought he did it. Let's give it a go. And I was very disappointed to come back the next day and there was no fruit on it. (laughs) 
No, that's not what happened. But um, so then the next year it grew, it, and it grew leaves, and it was almost disappointing because I wanted some avocados. But anyway, the leaves grew, and you know you need leaves to get fruit. You need good leaves. Leaves mean good strength into a fruit tree. And so then the next year after watering it, and one day I just left the tap on all night, forgot about it, came out, the thing got watered all night. And so that, it just loved it. And it grew, and then it grew three avocados, and I nearly cut it down. I was just like, three? At least you're a tree. Come on, grow something. And the next year it grew 15 avocados, and I was just waiting for these things and watering it for years. Anyway, it just grows so many avocados now. It just gets so much light and it's revived itself. And we're the same. We just need to be planted in the right soil. We need to be constantly getting good water. We need sunshine. You need light. You need light on some of your darkness. And just want to go through three things that... Now, I've found that really do matter in each season of whether you're in little kids' season or maybe you're in retired season, maybe you're in university or you're in a a job. These things will keep you fruiting in those moments or growing towards being fruitful. Doing well, kids. A few screen slavers there. But the first thing is to be planted and the foundation is this, and this is, this is it. And when I first came to Christ, the first realisation of, okay, God is like here, the gospel is true, is that he loves me. He loves you. God, God's love, you need to be planted in God's love. That's it. That's the foundation. The essence, or some people think, oh, if I do good and avoid evil, or if I'm a good person, or if I just go to church, or if I, God's love, that's it. And, and I was excited to discover the love of God. And I thought for, for many years, I actually thought that God loved me, but he loved other people more. And then one day a guy in church, just a, just a good guy in church years ago, just came up to me and he just went, hey, Byron, God loves you. And he said, no, 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 he really loves you. And after that, I went away, I was like, what did he say? Oh, because I actually don't realise how much he loves me. I think he loves other people more. But that's not true. That's actually a lie. He loves you without measure. And you might have a few scratches and bumps. You might have a few imperfections. You might have done some things. You might think, oh, I'm a bigger sinner or I know my own issues. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you enough or doesn't love you more. He loves you and so he has not given a discount on your life he has paid the full price you know we're not worth the full price because if we were worth the full price then we wouldn't need God's grace we wouldn't need his ability when we don't have the ability he loves you full measure the full measure of his love is extended to you and if you plant your life in, in the soil of God's love, Ephesians chapter 3, moving on from previous to what Eleanor just shared over one of the best communion messages, uh, offering messages. This is the N- New Living Translation. 
the older version of the New Living Translation actually says this. It says, let your roots go down into the soil of God's marvellous love. Here it says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. God's love is the essence. It's the foundation. It's what we send our hearts into. It's what he has sent his heart into us. It's his love that keeps us strong. It keeps us together. It keeps us motivated. And it's so important that you just ground yourself in the love of Jesus, in the love of God. And love has an action. You've all just had Christmas. I'm sure you bought some presents for the people that you love. And you thought about it and you went shopping or you went online and you, you thought about what they like and then you bought them the things that you wanted to reflect, maybe your love to them. So you gave them a gift and God reflects his love that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross to show us who God is and to take away our sins and give us the love of God at home in our hearts. And so all of it starts with just a seed, just planted your life, all your abilities, all your gifts, all your dreams, all your desires, all your potential is just planted, all that you are, planted in good soil, planted in God's love. Let him love you and let that love flow out of you. You know, he loves you today. Someone needs to hear that. We all need to hear that. We all need to know that. He loves you. This is our motivation. This is our foundation. This is it. The essence of faith is God's love. And so love does something. And before Jesus goes to the cross, he tells his disciples, it's like, I'm leaving now, guys. I want to tell you the most important thing. I'm going. This is it. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And as we receive God's love, we are motivated to love people. And that's what keeps us going. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. This is his command. And Jesus just loves us deeply and he loves us passionately and wholeheartedly. He just gives everything into loving people. And when we receive what he's done for us, we want to give that love we want to give and we just want to help someone out. And, you know, I don't know if you actually love anyone or what you do, but, you know, it just starts small. It just starts with a cup of cold water, he said. Just, just, just keep it small. I remember when I first discovered how much he loved me, I was like, what can I do? I just wanted to help out. I just was helping set up a volleyball net. I was just going to set up a volleyball net for some young people to have a game of volleyball, and this guy was going to share the gospel with them. And that's how it starts. It just starts with... What can, what's here? What, what can, you need help? Can I help you? You need something? Can I give something to you? Can I, can I help you out in some way? And from there, it just, it just journeyed on for me. And I just, we just want to keep on giving. And the, ref, the, the reaction of the love of God is to give. And that's what he did. And that's what we do. And so as we heard over the offering, uh, and as we, we, we receive God's love, we reflect it back by giving. And the adventure never stops in loving people. And I don't know if you need to refresh your love for someone or you need to pray for someone or go down and just give someone a hand. His love is big. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, 
How long, how high, and how deep is his love? May experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I'm telling you, over all these years that I've, I've just, it hasn't been that long, it's been a bit over 20 years, it's the love of God. It's the foundation. Send your roots into the love, his love. Love someone, do something for someone this year. Find out what you can do and just, just do it. All right, the second thing that a good fruit tree needs, as my avocado needed, was lots of water. had a lot of plants stealing the water. It wasn't in the best spot, so I just pumped it full of water and it grew. And God, Jesus, God, Jesus gives us refreshing when you come to him. And... He is traveling one day, he's with his disciples, he sends them into a town, he sits by a well and he starts a discussion with a woman who comes to draw water. And he asks her for a drink, he says, can you give me a drink? Good timing. Can you give me a drink? And she is just blown away because she's a Samaritan, they, they don't get on, Samaritans and Jews, so the fact that she's a woman and he's talking to her in that culture, in that context, she just is like... You're a Jew. You're asking me for a drink? How are you going to get water anyway? Look, And he says to her, to her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the simple thing about staying alive or staying fresh towards fruitfulness in God is just coming to Jesus. Just, just coming to Jesus. Just, just coming to Jesus. Here, this woman encounters Jesus. You can encounter him anywhere, at any time, any moment. And the encounter of Jesus in your day is what keeps you alive on the inside. He is always there. His promise to his disciples, his people I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He's always there. And it doesn't matter. You don't, you don't get better before you go to the doctor. You don't make yourself right before you come. You come to Jesus. Just come. Just come as you are. Just come and come again. Just, just now. Just in church. You can come in church. You can come. I heard Joyce Meyer say, look, if I go and sit in the garage, I'm not going to turn into a car. Just as much as if you come into church and sit down, you're not going to become a Christian. And so... It's opening your heart and letting him in all the time. Just, just come to Jesus. I don't need to say anything else. Just come to Jesus. That's it. In John 7, in 37, on the last day of the feast, the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Come to me and drink. Whoever believes me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. There's something that happens when you come to Jesus all the time. His spirit gets on the inside of you. Have you experienced that? You can come to church and experience the love of God or you can just look on. Or you can come into a quiet place. I've got a place in the bush. Most of my places are outside because my house is full of females and there's just no, nowhere in there. Mia. 
But what a great place to go outside. I just wear a hoodie so the mozzies don't smash me. But where's your spot where you come to Jesus? He said, in, in you will become a spring of living water. What's your get up and go again? Is it your motivation for your family or good things or your job? What about the Holy Spirit rising up on the inside of you? A spring of living water causes you to rise up. I come into the job site. Sometimes I bring drinks because it's hot. And I see what the guy's doing and I just smile. Righto, you blokes. Open up a can and fire up a bit and let's get into this. Let's go. It's my motivation for them. I, I, I should make a, a, a drink line or a, a, like a snack bar. Open up a bar of fire up a bit. Some hot chilli. But when you come to Jesus, it causes life on the inside of you. And you have to do that for yourself. Come all you are thirsty. Inside of us is a place where he belongs. And I shared this a few weeks ago. It reminds me of the story of Noah. And they sent out a raven. And that raven went, what do you think he would have seen? He would have seen a heap of dead things on the water. And if you've ever seen a crow flying around, what's it doing on the freeway? It's looking for dead things. And it went from this dead thing to that dead thing to another dead thing until it was so far away from the ark, couldn't find its way back. And I'm not going to share the punchline. That's why you see the old crow flying around. He's still going, ark, ark. He's still looking for the thing. It's a terrible joke. But the fact is that we have this place in our lives and we go to this relationship or we go to alcohol or we go to a screen or we go wherever to fill a wanting on our hearts, to fill a desire in our spirit. Eternity has been set in the heart of God and it is filled when you come to Jesus. That's it, when you come to Jesus, just as you are. It doesn't matter. He will take you. He never rejects anyone. He will just come to Jesus. You will find living water. You will find the Holy Spirit. You will get in tune with the Holy Spirit. He will lead you and guide you. And so often in business is my, my so often that I've, I've gone to him in business and, I, and he says things. Uh, this guy took me to court once and, you know, you have a real deep sense of injustice and argument when you get in conflict with someone. And I went to the Holy Spirit and I'm just like, God, can you, I went to Jesus, come to Jesus with this. And he said, just pay him. I'm like, I'm, is this the, are you the devil? Like who, what? Just pay him. It was $10,000. And then he goes, it's spare change, mate. And I'm like, that is ridiculous. It's not. Anyway, I got to court, had an overwhelming compassion for this guy, and the judge went, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm just going to pay him. And me and my brother left, and we went out for lunch, and we just could not stop laughing um, because I just did what God said, and it taught me a great lesson, uh, several great lessons. This is a listen to the Holy Spirit. And that happens all the time, not that I go to court, but that I hear him. <laughs> I've only been once. I'm going to avoid that place. All the time. 
Often I come into a job and I don't know what to do because they, you know, some, we work in playgrounds. Some playgrounds are a, a rectangle. It's an easy set out. You just put a sandpit here, you put a thing there and a slide there and you're done. Some of them are like long and narrow and they've got three levels and it's like they want to put a childcare centre in an old bank and it doesn't, like, where are you going to get the kids to play in here? Oh, Holy Spirit, can you help me see things here because I need your help. And I walk through and all I do is I just see, okay, you see this corner here, what we can do here, this is what we can do there. And that's how he worked, like just come to Jesus. doesn't matter if you're going through a good thing or with work or you're not sure of a business deal, come to Jesus. Let him be the spring that causes you to move forward, to go in the God direction and to be fruitful with where you're at. Just come to Jesus. All right, the third thing that you're going to need or that a fruitful tree needs is sunshine, isn't it? It needs light. A fruit tree definitely needs light. You're not going to, well, you might pick something in a rainforest but it's not going to be your standard fruit tree i don't know what you're going to get down there we have a rainforest down the bottom it's full of vines and palm trees and we've got a few fruit trees up the top and they need sunshine they need good light and we are created for the light of god and you will find light you want to shed some light on something you want to turn the lights on well you need to get a bible and read it your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, verse... And Psalm 119, 129. Every word you give is a miracle word. How could I help you out? Break open your words. Let light shine out. Now, Joshua has to say goodbye to Moses. Moses is not allowed in the promised land. And God says to him, Be strong and courageous. It says the same thing to you. It says the same thing to you. Be strong and courageous. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate in it day and night so that you may be successful and prosper in everything that you do. Do not let it depart from you. And I'm not sure how you spend time, but you want to spend time thinking about God's word. Why? Because your heart is going to fill up with all kinds of things. And if you don't let it fill up with the Word of God, you know what you're going to talk about? You're going to do a lot of talking, especially if you're a jerk off. <laughs> if my Nina and Nina can, I went crabbing with Grace the other day. We went catching crabs. We were going to go fishing. And she spoke the whole time. And I'm like, I know where you get that from. It's from your mum. And it was just the funnest time. And I've never just non-stop talked. Oh, crap. Crap. Uh, and it was just so funny. It's just so funny. But the Chekhovs do have a gift of the gab. And if you have lunch with them, you can be a part of three conversations at one time. And everything makes sense. I love it. Whereas I grew up in a house where one person spoke and everyone listened. Um, it's just a different culture, but it's beautiful. But you're going to do some talking. You are. You're going you're to talk. You're probably going to talk a lot at times. And what's in your heart is going to come out. And so it's so important to put the Word of God in there all the time so that it actually, you actually talk about it. Because that's where the light comes. It can be in you. But when you speak about it, that's when it shines light on something. 
that's when it works. Years ago, I learned this early on. We went, as some of you came, we went to Mexico, and I've shared this story before. But we, we went, and I did a training year, and then we were going to take, we took a team from this church the next year. And while we were there, these young guys scoped us out in the afternoon, and the next morning at 7 o'clock, there they were, waiting for us to arrive in our vans, two vans, 30 of us, six of them, I think, and they all had guns, and they just robbed us right there. And uh, I was driving one of the vehicles. Anyway, they pulled me out of the car and did all this stuff. Anyway, there were some older guys running the trip, and they were offended with God. Oh, they, they, weren't, they weren't happy at all. Because how could they let this happen? How could they? All these young girls and these 16-year-olds and all these young guys, and you put us in danger, God. And they weren't happy. And so I just went to the Word of God, and I found, and I reckon I say this scripture most weeks because I get into a position where things are uncertain. So I'll just say, uh, when I go out the back and I look up, I see the hill. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And that just settles my mind into a place where I, there's a solution for what you're uncertain about because God knows everything and he sees and he's, he's, he's going to look after you. So Psalm 121, just I found it in that moment back then. And so I shared that with the guys and I just declared that over the situation and peace came to all of them, which was really powerful at that moment. And so it's important that you don't just let heavy things come on you or situations happen and you get and then you, you talk about it or you complain. Uh, it, it's important to get the word of God and let light shine on what is going on, whether it's sickness or or some sort of financial situation or you declare the word of God and speak it. Just like he told Joshua, don't let this book of the Lord depart from where? From, from your hand or from your back pocket. Keep it in your mouth. Keep on speaking it and talk about it and speak it all the time over those things. And this is, this is how simple it can be. Just go searching for it, get an answer, declare God's goodness, declare the word of God. Luke 6, 43 to 45 says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognised by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And last year when we were going through COVID and all these things, I found I was just talking about the challenges with staff and the challenges with COVID and the challenges with... And, and, and I realized, my heart is full of all this anxiety. I just need to declare that I know that my God works all things for good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And so I just started going down that vein and declaring his goodness and just had to pull my heart out of this place where it wasn't being fruitful. It's just causing me anxiety. Can I have the band come? I'm going to close with this. So let God's light, the light of his word, shine on something that's heavy. Shine on something you're uncertain about. You've got to make a decision. Let's get a scripture for it. You need healing? Let's get a scripture for it. What does he say? What is he speaking to me about? Let your roots go down into the soil of God's love. And if you haven't come to Jesus for a while, right now is the time to come to Jesus. We got these blueberry plants at home. And I thought, you know, you go and buy blueberries. They can be expensive, yeah? And then my daughter Ruth, just, she will just snag a whole punnet like that. She just loves it. 
And I'm thinking there's four of them. And if they all do that, that's a lot of blueberries. So I built this retaining wall. All right, that's it. And I bought 30 blueberry plants. Because why buy one when you can buy 30? So I planted them all. And as I said, if you don't do something right the first time, you'll definitely learn how to do it the second Anyway, the retaining wall, I thought, well, I'm going to put some fabric to stop weeds and then I'm going to put some stones, some river stones, because we've got turkeys and turkeys are just like, they're like a, a seagull to a hot chip, you know, like they just see mulch and they think, I'm going to build a nest. And so they just scrape everything out. So I put stones and thought, they're not going to be able to scrape the stones out. I'm so smart. <laughs> and what happened was all the soil in behind the retaining wall sank and the stones sank in around the blueberry plants and choked the roots. And those blueberry plants stayed the same size for two years and I saw one blueberry. (laughs) So the second time, I just dug them all out, researched what soil to put them in, got the nice acidic, drain-free soil, potted them all up. They were like this big for two years and now they're all this big. And Ruth picked 140 blueberries the other day when we got back. They're still not looking too healthy because they had a rough start. Why don't we stand and pray? Their roots were choked out by some heavy stones. Why don't you bow your heads and we pray today. Father, we just thank you for fruitfulness, Lord, your will to be fruitful. And Lord, we don't know about fruit, but we know about you. And we know about, Lord God, your water way you want to get inside us with your spirit. We know about your word, how it brings light and life. And you've given us the gift of your word. We thank you for your immeasurable love, Lord God, that we can abide in you, that we can have you in our hearts and no one can take away, Lord God, where everything else can be taken away, Lord God, no one can take away your love in our hearts and that you have secured our eternal future. And so we bless you today. And I, I bless all of you. Maybe someone here, you got sort of a heaviness on the love of God. You need to be repotted up just like those blueberry plants. You know, you've, you're not sending your roots out. You're not just, you just had heavy things. Well, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. My burden is light. And he comes, he comes to bring you fresh healing. He comes to bring you a freshness in your spirit. He comes to bring His Word alive that will shine on whatever thing is making darkness. Lord, we just thank You for these things, these foundations that You have given us today. And we bless You today in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.